What do you love about music? To begin with, everything. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. Welcome to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Jim DeRogatis, the pop music critic at the Chicago Sun-Times. And I'm Greg Codd. I write about rock and roll for the Chicago Tribune. Today on the world's only rock and roll talk show, Jim and I are going to kick off the school year with the best songs to beat the end of summer blues. And later on, Greg and I will review the new album from The Walkman. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and now it's time to welcome our newest affiliate, WHYY in Philadelphia. Very exciting news, Jim. Oh, absolutely, Greg. Christine Dempsey down there is a visionary. Hopefully, she will convince public radio how great this show is. (laughs) You know, Terry Gross is based there. She had me talk about Lester Bangs when that book came out. Philadelphia, of course, is a city that means a lot to us. You and I have both visited many times. You know, how much great music. Whenever we add a new affiliate, we like to play a song that epitomizes the coolness of that city. We were fighting for 45 minutes. Do we go old school, gamble and huff? Yep. Do we do like Illadelph Half-Life by the Roots? You know, what are we, Joan Jett, considered mm-hmm. herself a Philadelphia native. We wanted to dig deep. I remember traveling, road tripping to Philly from New Jersey, where I grew up, to see R.E.M., and the openers were the Dead Milkmen. Kind of one of the key bands in that indie rock scene in the mid-80s that eventually led to Alternative. They had a hit, which I think is particularly appropriate. We're going to be on the station with two of the coolest punk rock girls in public radio, Christine Dempsey, Terry Gross, from the punk rock girls in Chicago to the punk rock girls in Philadelphia. Here's a dead milkman. One Saturday I took a walk to zip her head. I met a girl there and she almost knocked me dead. Punk rock girl, please look at me. What do you see? Let's travel around the world, just you and me, punk rock girl. I tapped her on the shoulder and said, do you have a bell? Looked at me and smiled and said she did not know Punk rock girl, give me a chance Let's go slam dance to a dress like Minnie Pearl Just you and me, punk rock girl We went to the Philly Pizza Company and ordered some hot tea The waitress said, well no, we only have it iced So we jumped up on the table and shouted anarchy And someone played a Beach Boys song on the jukebox It was California dreaming so we started screaming on such a winter's day. She took me to her parents for a Sunday meal. Her father took one look at me and he began to squeal. Punk rock girl, it makes no sense. Your dad is the vice president. Rich as the Duke of Earl. Yeah, you're for me, punk rock girl. To a shopping mall and laughed at all the shoppers And security guards trailed us to a record shop We asked for Mojo Nixon, they said he don't work here We said if you don't got Mojo Nixon then your store could use some fixing Punk Rock Girl, Dead Milkman, we are so thrilled to be on WHYY in Philadelphia 
Up in the morning and out to school The teacher is teaching the golden rule American history and practical man You study him hard and hoping to pass Working your fingers right down to the bone And the guy behind you won't leave you alone You're listening to Sound Opinions. That's uh, Chuck Berry, School Days, uh, setting up the theme for uh, the next segment of the show. Jim, Chuck, not too thrilled about school. And at this point in the summer, a lot of people are either going back to school or sending their kids back to school. There's a certain amount of trepidation in the air. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure. You know, I don't want the summer to end. Is it really over so soon? i got to go back to that teacher and gym class and all that. That that empty pit of your stomach feeling of doom and foreboding, you know, it's September 2nd. Uh. But at the same time, there's also a lot of promise in the air. I remember going back to college uh, for, you know, a couple of times, and, you know, you you couldn't wait to get back in that environment because there was, a, you know, obviously a lot of people your own age, there was a sort of an, an atmosphere that you'll never get again in your life. Well, at the same time, there's this incredible workload that you're facing going back to school. There's also this environment that is unlike anything else you'll experience. And, and, and I think the conflict, the, the mixed emotions that are there are emblematic in, in uh, songwriting in American history. Chuck Berry, I mean, we couldn't pick a better artist to, uh, to kick this off because Berry did define the American experience so well. Yeah, ring, ring goes the bell. And uh, I think what we're going to try to do here is, is present a variety of songs that talk about the school experience. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you have the Alice Cooper schools out mode of rock and roll songwriting, mm-hmm. just the freedom of getting out of school. But what about going back to school? What does that mean? Well, Greg, I'll tell you what it means. I, you know, I, I think as in our summer show, I'm going to wax a little more negative perhaps than you. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, when I look back at school, I don't have any hazy, nostalgic, good time feelings. I have a lot of dread. I was glad to get out as soon as I could. One of the reasons is life is that lunchroom in grade school, in high school, you know? And life there, is a lunchroom. Yeah. Life is a lunchroom. And there are the cool kids and there are the rest of us, okay? <laughs> and I was one of the rest of us. You know, I got to see a show by Ben Weasel of Screeching Weasel a week or two ago. He plays out very rarely. Ben had suffered from agoraphobia. Screeching Weasel, uh, despite the fact that, that they haven't played much in the last 15 or 20 years, is one of the key bands that links up the uh, pop punk of the Ramones to the pop punk platinum sellers like Green Day and Blink-182. None of those bands exist without Screeching Weasel, even though they are at best a cult band that never sold more than 100,000 records. One of the records that did sell well was Bar- Bark Like a Dog from 1996. I think Ben's whole life has been basically scarred by high school, and 90% (laughs) of Screeching Weasel's catalog, which is considerable, is about high school. I think he never summed up the high school experience better than on this song, which was an encore during one of these rare gigs uh, recently. It's called Cool Kids. There's a real cool club, and you're not part of it. (laughs) That was my school experience. Here's Screeching Weasel on Sound Opinions. There's a real cool club on the other side of town where the real cool kids go to sit around and talk bad about the other kids. Yeah, it's a real cool club, and you're not part of it.
Hey-ho! Let's go. Screeching Weasel. Cool kids. My first back-to-school pick. Mr. Cotton, now it's your turn. Excellent stuff, Jim. I'm going to focus on what you were taught in the classroom when you were in in school. And uh, there are a number of songs that address that. I think this area really came under the microscope through the African-American community, groups like The Last Poets and Public Enemy, and, of course, the literature of people like Eldridge Cleaver, questioning what was being taught in our classrooms and how it offered perhaps a skewed version Mm -hmm. of the history of this country. And that theme was picked up uh, upon by Peter Tosh in a great song from 1972, You Can't Blame the Youth. Tosh, of course, the uh, sidekick with Bunny Whaler and Bob Marley in the original Whalers and went on to an extraordinary solo career himself. He's got Whaler singing backing vocals on this particular track, and Tosh is playing the guitar and keyboards himself. Aston, Family Man, Barrett on bass, part of that great rhythm section that was making all those great records out of Jamaica during this period. And, and the song talks about all these great men that we have learned about, all the great explorers from Christopher Columbus on down. We've been told what great men they were, but we don't tell what they did to colonize some mm-hmm. of these uh, parts of the world. All these great men were doing robbing, raping, kidnapping, and killing so-called great men, as Peter Tosh uh, sings in this particular track. You can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth of today because of what they've been taught in these schools, which is uh, essentially a lie, is what Peter Tosh is saying. So uh, a jaundiced view of our education system, but uh, some food for thought, because you're seeing now in textbooks in the last 10 or so years some revisionism going on and a more balanced presentation, at least in some of them. So here's Peter Tosh. You can't blame the youth on Sound Opinions. You can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth of today. You can't fool the youth. You're teaching youths to learn in school. That cow jump over moon. You're teaching youths to learn in school. That the dish run away with spoon. So you can't blame the youth. When they don't learn. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth. Of today. You can't fool the youth. You teach the youth about Christopher Columbus. And you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about Marco Polo. And you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about the pirate Hawkins. And you said he was a very great man. You teach the youth about the pirate Morgan. And you said he was a very great man. So you can't blame the youth of today. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. All these great men were doing robbing, raping, kidnapping, and killing. So called great men were doing robbing, raping, kidnapping. So you can't blame the youth. You can't fool the youth. You can't blame the youth. None at all. You can't fool. Fool the youth. You can't blame the youth. 
Peter Tosh with You Can't Blame the Youth on Sound Opinions. We're going to give more of our picks later on in the show, but first, Jim and I want to hear from some of our listeners. Our first caller is Todd from La Canada, California. Welcome to the show, Todd. Hey, thank you. It's good to be on the show. So uh, what's your back-to-school favorite as a song? My back-to-school end-of-summer favorite is Long Hot Summer by the Style Council. Ah, that's a good one. Good pick. Why? You know, summer is a season of life and vitality and possibility. And when August comes and school starts, it's all that possibility has either been realized or it hasn't. <laughs> and there's a sense of hopeless resignation in August of all the things you haven't done. It's true. And there are some songs that just get that vibe. And I think Long Hot Summer just passed you by. It's a great way to remind yourself of all the things that you didn't do that summer. Wow. Oh, now we got to hear a little Weller <laughs> and, and, and the, the, the misery issuing forth. Let's hear a little of that. The hopelessness is just pouring over us at the moment. Thanks, Todd, for bringing us down completely. (laughs) Man, somebody doesn't like school. Well, I'm I'm a teacher, and every year I have to go through this again and again. Oh, enough said. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) So every year I say all the stuff I want to do over the summer and didn't happen. And and the hot days in September are only thumbing their nose at you saying, no, it could still be going on, but it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Todd, for an inspired choice. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. We have another caller on the line. Let's welcome Mark from Vernon Hills, Illinois. Welcome, Mark, to Sound Opinions. Hi, guys. Mark, have you got a back-to-school song for us? I do. My back-to-school song is Headmaster Ritual by the Smiths off the Meet His Murder LP. Ooh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Tell us why. Well, I, I guess to me nothing says back-to-school like a jaunty pop tune about abusive school administrators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so true. And that's what it is, you know. But uh, to me, it's also the, the quintessential Smith song, too. you got the, the Johnny Marr riff with the acoustic guitar and, and electric and Morrissey yodeling. Yeah, and, yeah. of course, the uh, somewhat obscure subject matter as well. Well, there is nothing like that English obsession with the, the school system over there. I yeah. don't, you know, we have nothing like that in America, do we? No. No. The, the opposition to school authority is so ingrained in, in the English mentality. 
and it really comes through in this song. Headmaster Ritual by the Smiths, a great back-to-school selection by Mark. Thank you, Mark. All right. Thanks. We're going to continue our back-to-school episode after a short break on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. And later on, Jim and I are going to review the new album from indie rockers, The Walkman. Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. We are talking about great back-to-school songs. That is Buffalo Tom, the alternative rock band, covering Lolly, 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 get your adverbs here. Mr. Cott, I don't know if you were of this age. You were older. (laughs) You were in seventh grade when I was in first. But, you know, growing up, Saturday morning, TV cartoons, in between, Schoolhouse Rock comes on. It's the only thing I remember, I swear. I remember more grammar and math and history from Schoolhouse Rocks than I do from actual school. In the mid-'90s, in the alternative era, there was a great cover album called Schoolhouse Rocks. Rocks with people like Moby and Buffalo Tom and uh, Pavement covering some of those songs. And the adverb song, of course, is my favorite. Here is another thing I remember about uh, going back to school, Greg. I went to uh, St. Nicholas Roman Catholic Grammar School I'm sorry. on Ferry Street in Jersey <laughs> City. And then I did four years in Hudson Catholic Regional School for Boys. 
I was a victim of 12 years of Catholic schooling. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of people who always email the show and want us to talk about Frank Zappa. He's a problematic artist because there are a hundred different Frank Zappas. And where do you even start? Do you do the sophomoric humor? Do you do the Mothers of Invention? Do you do the jazz guitarist? Do you do the orchestral composer? I'm going to do the uh, the silliest and, and hardest rocking and also catchiest Zappa. Uh, I love Joe's Garage. I think it, it, you know, for me and for what I value in rock and roll, that was his high point. A concept album in three parts about uh, a garage band and and the forces of oppression that would keep them down. And uh, and part of that is is uh, going back to Catholic school. What else can I say about Catholic girls, okay? This is a song <laughs> that just reminds me of going back to school. Here's Zappa on Sound Opinions. Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. Catholic Girls by Frank Zappa. Let's talk to some more of our listeners. We have Liz on the phone from Chicago. Hi, Liz. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much. Do you have a back-to-school track you want to nominate? I do indeed. I have a song called To Sir With Love. It's the title track of a film by the same name. Yes. Yeah, classic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's um, For me, it was the introduction to that kind of genre of the you know, teacher is a newcomer to a, a rough-and-tumble school and mm-hmm. turns all the kids around. And the climax of that movie was one of the students comes forward. It's Lulu who's actually acting in it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Lulu was a British pop phenomenon, sort of the uh, the Hillary Duff of her day, if you will. <laughs> I don't know anything about Lulu. I just oh, yeah. know this song. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was the climax of the whole film. I, now, I am man enough to admit that there are, there are select scenes in cinematic history that kill me every time. I tear up. 
That's one of them. Absolutely. When, when, when Lulu goes up and then they two sir with love and the teacher, you know, he's turned <laughs> these kids around. Right, right. They believe in him. Yeah, yeah, it's thrilling. It's thrilling. And the song has a kind of, it starts out really slow and kind of, it's kind of sneaks up on you. You don't even realize it's playing. And then, and it's the chorus is so quick. It's just this huge build, this huge fast build. It yeah. is, it does, I can see why you'd get all choked up. Did you ever feel this way about a teacher, Liz, though? That you wanted to sing a song like this to him? Sure. Actually, it was probably a music teacher. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. Who else could inspire such feelings? It comes full circle. We were inspired by you, Liz. Thank you for a great suggestion. Oh, great. My pleasure. Let's say hello to Matt from Northbrook, Illinois. Matt, welcome to Sound Opinions. Hey, how you doing? Good. So tell us about an end of summer, beginning of school song that you love. Okay, actually, I, I, I picked Night Moves because it's the first thing that came to my mind because I just finished grad school. And like when you're in grad school or college, the beginning of each school term takes on a different meaning because each one that goes by means you're that much closer to the end. Mm. It's like a little unsettling for one or two reasons. It's like you're either terrified of an uncertain future or you're kind of locked into a life that's so mapped out, it's not so open to possibilities anymore because everything's so finite. And so on with Night Moves, like, when you listen to it, the singer kind of knows this, but he doesn't spell it out for you. I mean, the first few verses are kind of like a teen movie cliche about having fun this summer and all that. Mm -hmm. But then he gets to that last verse where he isn't talking about memories, he's talking about what's happening in real time. I woke last night to the sound of thunder How far off I sat and wondered Started humming a song from 1962 And it's funny how the night moves When you just don't seem to have as much to lose Strange how the night moves With autumn closing in So he's singing about like a distant thunder that's just loud enough to wake him up at night. And the first thing he does is he hums this nostalgic song, you know? And it's sort of like a, a gut reaction because it's familiar, it's saving, it's comforting, but it's also kind of a retreat. And he knows this. And it's kind of like what I love about that song. Because it kind of says that, you know, yeah, it's terrifying and nothing can change that. 
but you can't keep living in a space your life for you know forever. You gotta keep, you gotta move on. You gotta get along. I do believe that's as, as eloquent a dissection of Bob Seger as he has ever gotten. I was gonna say Bob Seger, American <laughs> poet. Listen, now you you weren't. What did you say? You were in grad school what, were you, for like poetry or what? What were you doing, man? Uh, yeah, journalism, actually. Oh, there you go. Another <laughs> another guy wants our job. Let's hear a little bit of Bob Seger. That's a, that was a great description, Matt. Oh, cool. Thanks. Listening to Sound Opinions, uh, Jim and I are going to continue on with some of our favorite back-to-school songs. Uh, Jim, one area I wanted to touch on is um, the worth of an education. There's a lot of songs about uh, what is this piece of paper really worth? What's it going to get me? Yeah, you know, this, I wonder. This diploma. <laughs> I mean, and you think about movies like The Graduate or The Paper Chase, where those those subjects were mm-hmm. were part of the the cultural thought in the 60s and 70s, and it's been a theme throughout pop music as well. I think one of the bands that said it best was uh, the Specials, band out of the UK. They were part of that two-tone ska movement in the late 70s, early 80s. The Jamaican ska scene sort of got transported over to the UK. There was a lot of Caribbean in- immigrants living in London at the time, and it sort of spawned this uh, this scene that merged with the punk rock movement. The Specials were one of the very best bands in that tradition. And a lot of topical songs, a lot of social commentary in their music, and one of the very best was Rat Race, where they talk about, you know, what is that diploma really worth? Here they are, the specials, Rat Race on Sound Opinions.
Rat Race by the Specials on Sound Opinions. If you'd like to share your favorite songs to beat the end of summer blues, or you want to comment on anything we talk about on the show, call our hotline at 888-859-1800 or email interact at soundopinions.org. We'll be back in a minute on Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media with our final back-to-school tracks and a review of the latest from The Walkman. And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? Types to a waging world. A mother feels so shocked. Father's world is rocked, and the thoughts turn to their own little girl. Sweet sixteen ain't a peachy keen. Now I ain't so need to admit defeat. I was smoking with the boys upstairs when I heard about the whole affair. I said, Whoa, no. Welcome back to Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media. I'm Greg Cott here with Jim DeRogatis, and we were running down some of our favorite songs to get you back in the mood for going back to school. And uh, there's a typically dyspeptic song from uh, Steely Dan called My Old School. They're never going back to their old school, according to that song. One of my, yeah. one of my favorites about, you know, how the old alma mater doesn't look so good in the rearview mirror sometimes. Jim, what's your next choice? Well, Greg, I'm going to play one of the greatest songs in rock history, not only one of the greatest back-to-school songs. You know, as I said, I went to Catholic school much harder than a military academy. (laughs) I don't really know what the military academy experience is like, and I don't know even if this song is particularly about that. But Academy Fight Song, the very first single by the Boston art rockers Mission of Burma, I mean, it's a fine to sound. It's still not like anything I've ever heard in rock and roll. They're favorites of both of ours. We've had them on the show. Man, oh, man, this song just lives on forever. And it was only a single. They were not even on a, on a full album or, or their first EP. What a debut. I think it's about being an individual in a society that has lots of rules and wants conformity, which is, of course, what all great rock and roll is about. What else do you need to say? Play by the rules so close to the chest, hope that all's not lost. Academy Fight Song by Mission of Burma on Sound Opinions. Walk into my room, ask me jerky questions.
That's Academy Fight Song by Mission of Burma. Greg, you've got one more back-to-school pick. What is it? Classic stuff there, Jim. Uh, I agree with you on that one for sure. One last thing I want to touch on when we talk about favorite back-to-school songs, you know, the whole idea of the, the high school crush, meeting a member of the opposite sex, you know? Yeah. There's a ton of songs about that. I, I would say that tradition might have started in 1937 with one of the most lascivious songs ever written, Sonny Boy Williamson, Good Morning, yes! Little School Girl. Why, that was on my list. <laughs> But I'm not going to play that song because I I think it's great, but I think there's a tradition that it spawned. And uh, I think one of the great apostles of Sonny Boy Williamson in that era of the blues that is uh, living today and writing some great songs in his own right, Jack White of the White Stripes. Mm. And on the album White Blood Cells, he wrote a song that I think is a classic back-to-school song about finding that first crush. You know, grade school, sixth grade, seventh grade, the hormones start to change a little <laughs> bit. Uh, you start looking at things other than the, the math book. And here's a great example of that. We're going to be friends from the White Stripes on Sound Opinions. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell. Shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Walk with me, Susie Lee, through the park and by the tree. We will rest upon the ground and look at all the bugs we found. Safely walk to school without a sound. Safely walk to school without a sound. Here we are, no one else. We walk to school all by ourselves. There's dirt on our uniforms from chasing all the ants and worms. We clean up and now it's time to learn. We clean up and now it's time to learn. Numbers, letters, learn to spell Nouns and books and show and tell Playtime, we will throw the ball Back to class, through the hall Teacher marks our height against the wall Teacher marks our height against the wall We don't notice any time pass We don't notice anything Side by side in every class Teacher thinks that I sound funny But she likes the way you sing Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed When silly thoughts go through my head About the bugs and alphabet When I wake tomorrow I'll bet That you and I will walk together again I can tell that we are gonna be friends You and me, we're going to be friends by the White Stripes. That's our back-to-school picks for the school year 2008-9. Eugene, I've lost the world as we know
Seven Years of Holidays by The Walkmen from their new album, You and Me, on Sound Opinions. Greg, The Walkmen have been poised to break big for quite some time, and it looks as if this is their moment. They are getting huge kudos from the underground press and the mainstream. People are saying this is the best band in New York right now and that their fourth album, You and Me, is the breakthrough record. This follows a pair of records in 2006, one of which was a track-for-track remake of the Harry Nilsson and John Lennon album from 74, Pussycats. That was part of the lost weekend, the drunken debauchery (laughs) revelry of Lennon and Nilsson uh, for for that famous period there in the mid-'70s. And now the Walkmen are moving from that drunken excess to a sort of hangover album. This is an album about the end of travels at a long, uh, you know, long roads coming to an end and a relationship that may or may not be unwinding. They're committed to each other, but it's kind of settled into that we're stuck with each other, period. The Walkmen first emerged in the early 2000s as a, uh, you know, one of the, the New York rock renaissance bands, contemporaries of The Strokes, and very similar to The Strokes early on. But while The Strokes seize upon the Velvet Underground's forward propulsion, The Walkmen, especially on this record, are doing more of the sleepy somnambulant thing of The Velvet's third album. Let's hear a track from this, and then we'll come back and give it our ratings on the patented uh, sound of opinion scale. This is a song called Donde Esta La Playa, Where is the Beach? Kind of in keeping with the travel theme of this record, The Walkmen on Sound Opinions. Someone said, man, let's take a drive 
Donde esta la playa from the Walkman on Sound Opinions. 14-track record, Jim, and I'll cut right to the chase here. I think it needs to lose about six songs. They do a great job of setting that murky, dissolute atmosphere that you were talking about. Mm. I think Hamilton Lighthouser is a pretty compelling vocalist, and he's got that sort of last man on earth, the string is winding down, I've at the end of my rope vocal down pretty well. And the band, too, they, they, they create that atmosphere with those. The guitars are playing somewhat quietly, but they're really reverbed very heavily, very loudly. So they create this kind of echoey effect. And ditto with the drumming, as you can hear on that track, it almost sounds like he's playing with mallets rather than sticks. So you, you've got this kind of vast spaciousness in the music, this murky, lost-in-space kind of vibe. It's kind of cool. I wish they'd been a little bit more variety in this record. I, I think what they do, they do really well. Some people are saying it, it's a return to form. I don't think it's as good. There's a single song on this record, though, that is as good as their standout single, The Rat. And one of the reasons that song was so good was, was just the energy and the passion behind it. I'm hearing a much more simmering, low-key mood on this record, and I think they, they do it well. But I think it, it wears out its welcome about halfway through. So I'm going to give it a burn. It. I think they've got about half of a great record here, and I, th- I wish they'd uh, invested a little bit more energy in, in the other half and maybe created a few up-tempo songs to sort of vary the mood a bit. Well, if you're a burn it on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale, I'm uh, going to go the other stream and, and say it's a trash it. I don't like this band. They bother me. <laughs> As I said, the strokes are about propulsion. The Walkmen are about pretension. You know, this evokes Tom Waits jamming with the Velvets circa the third album, which would not be a bad idea if you could pull it off. They don't. I don't like Hamilton Lighthouser's vocals. That kind of understated, sparse percussion thing was done so much better by like a band like Los Lobos on, on Kiko. You know, I've heard everything here before, except for the particular pretentious lyrics that they give us. So, <laughs> I, you know, if I never listen to this album, I, I had to listen to it like five times before anything even sunk in. And then I began to realize, wait a minute, it's not me, it's them. Not worth your time. A trash it. What do we have next week on the show, Greg? Jim, next week we're going to talk with a man who has done just about everything you could name in the music business. He's been a publicist for Led Zeppelin. He covered Woodstock in 69. He worked very closely with Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love at the height of Nirvana's fame. Uh, That's Danny Goldberg. We've got an interview with one of the leading executives in the music business. We have some thank yous to say, Mr. Cott. As always, Sound Opinions was produced by the ace team of Todd Bachman, Jason Saldana, and Robin Lynn, with some help from our intern, Dylan Peterson, and uh, our fearless leader, our executive producer, Tori Southside Malatia, in the particular rock and roll high school that is Sound Opinions. He's our Miss Togar. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. Now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hi, Jim and Greg. This is Tony from Chicago. Great show on the metal uh, scene. Just wanted to say uh, an amazing comparison 
that Judas Priest was compared to Eugene's addiction. It was like an identical track almost. Hey, this is Mickey from Danville, Virginia. Heard your show on the uh, Roots of Heavy Metal. Great show. Uh, I think you overlooked Iron Butterfly, particularly in later years with uh, Mike Panera. Their song, Easy Rider. Cool song. Thanks. Jim and Greg, this is Lizzie from Chicago. I have to admit that I am not generally a fan of metal, but I enjoy great music where I find it, and I'm a big fan of Sabbath, and I just wanted to add to your show on metal that War Pigs is probably just about the greatest anti-war song ever made. disrespect to Dylan or Joni Mitchell or any of those others, but war pigs. Thank you. Hi, guys. This is Ken in Colonia, New Jersey. I just heard your comments on heavy metal and uh, right on the button, as usual, fellas. And I would like to say I noticed you did not mention any of the 90s so-called new metal, corn, Limp Bizkit, Rage Against the Machine. Personally, I think that is not an accident because I don't think that's metal. I don't think it's well thought out. I don't think it's musically always necessarily well constructed, and that's why they don't have and don't belong in that category. Thanks, fellas. Hi, this is Andrew calling from Evanston. Your Saturday show was terrific. I enjoyed the history of the early days of heavy metal and those tremendous chords like Sabbath that my friend Keith used to scare the hell out of me with. But I especially liked your uh, recognition of Buddy Harmon, a man I'd never heard of. But I sure heard that root drum sound, and drums are one of my favorites.
Did I hear you say he played on 18,000 records? That's got to be a record. Those are the kind of little gems that I keep listening for. Bye. No more messages. To give us your opinion on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 1-888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with Sound Opinions from Chicago Public Radio and American Public Media.